Consider the following, and some of the results you will hardly believe. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Living Full Kombucha podcast. My name is Lydia. Hello. If this is your first time joining in, welcome. This podcast is what I deem my verbal journal as I transition, like hardcore transition from being a public school teacher to now owning a commercial kombucha business called Living Full Kombucha. And I'm on a mission towards creating what I call an inclusive kombucha tap room, which is going to celebrate neurodiversity in the brewing space. I used to be a transition special education teacher and I worked alongside adults and teaching vocational skills and I'd like to marry two of my passions of advocacy and equal work opportunities and my love of fermentation and kombucha brewing and bringing that community together. I'm on that journey. We are now over a year and a half in, and we are almost done with our second season of outdoor farmer's markets. We're in a couple of retail locations, and we are trying to branch out of our little area, which is in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So welcome. I'm so excited you're here. And normally I say during this part of the podcast, you've been following me for a little while, I'll say, it is just me, but I speak in the future tense of when... I become a team of people, but I am excited to announce that we have now hired someone. I'm so excited. And when I say we, I often bring up my spouse. He is very supportive, although he is not actually salaried in this business and really neither am I at this point, but (laughs) that's a little aside. We have now hired someone who is officially coming in and I want to tell you a little bit about him. So his name is Matt, and we met him at the farmer's market. He actually is our neighbor. Well, he works for our our neighbor at the farmer's market. Next door, we have next door. There are no doors at the farmer's market. But beside us at the market every single weekend, we have an amazing husband-wife team, Amber and Tim, and they own Hayden Cheese. Their son's name is Hayden. I love that name. And they make specialty sandwiches and soups and things like that. And Tim's brother, Matt, has been working with him at the farmer's market. And he brought up one day, he's like, yeah, if you ever want someone to help you out at the brewery, Matt has really flexible hours and he's looking to, you know, learn different things, you know, just being different environments. And I thought about this and I'm like, hmm, you know, I think at this point, and if I go into kind of what the last couple weeks have been like, I didn't think I realized how much I really needed somebody. And until he brought that up, I was like, you know what, now really is the time. And I'm so glad that he brought that up because I texted him and I brought him in. I was like, hey, I really need help with this and this. And this is bottling primarily. I've been really backed up on bottling and just getting ready for markets and keg washing. Those are the two main things that I can never seem to really wrap my head around alongside brewing, marketing, you know, all the hats that the entrepreneur wants to do, right? And so Matt jumped right in. He said, I'd love to come and help you out. And he has been doing a fantastic job. We aren't quite ready for all of the automatic equipment. So right now we are rocking that, you know, 
hand capper and you can't see me right now but I'm like totally mimicking this with my with my arm right now just like putting manually on each and every cap we manually fill all the bottles straight from the corny kegs that we use and a co2 tank that we carry out to our area to bottle with and we don't have a keg washer and so everything is extremely manual at this time and Matt has again, just rocked it and been really a tremendous help to us getting more done. And I could not be any more pleased with him. I didn't realize again, just how much help I truly needed. And it has just been such a big breath of relief for me to have someone. And it's it's great to be able to work alongside someone. He has a great attitude coming in every week. And it's fun to work alongside someone else who have been kind of lonely. But yes, we are so excited to have Matt. So welcome, Matt. You're awesome. Also, I wanted to address something. My mission is to bring an inclusive work environment to our community and specifically provide job opportunities to adults with disabilities. So instead of blatantly saying, does Matt have a disability? That really isn't the question that I want you to ask ever. (laughs) And here's why. Creating an inclusive environment means everyone is included. And so the question isn't whether or not um, any of my employees have a disability and and how um, they're being trained or whatever, but it's more providing a structured place where everyone feels included and they feel fulfilled in their job tasks. And so I'm not going to say he does or does not have a disability because one, that's also not my place to share. Um, I'm never going to come out here and say, hey, I've hired so-and-so and this is his disability. That's that's completely inappropriate and not the picture that I'd like to create at all. And it's also, like I've mentioned in previous episodes before, I'm not looking to be an inspiration or do something like that. I'm looking to provide a community that celebrates neurodiversity. And I feel like the team that I hire is going to emulate that vision. So that's all I'm going to say about that. But Matt has been doing a fantastic job. And if he'd like to share anything about himself in the future, I'm going to leave that up to him. And I can't wait to see what other team members we bring on as we go. But he is the perfect fit for living full kombucha and what we are doing right now. So with that, let's keep it going. So having someone help during this season we knew that already August was going to be our biggest month of the year so it's been really tremendous to have someone help us through this month and we knew it wasn't going to be a surprise to us we had planned back in January my husband and I kind of like sales and what festivals or different events we'd like to have and just to give a little snapshot of like how busy August has been I know I left you at the beginning of August and I'm now just bringing back another podcast episode. (laughs) I'm glad I'm here too. But since the beginning of August, so August 8th through August 27th, we have had 12 markets, a triathlon, which I'll get back to that. That's like super rando, but it definitely plays into this. And of those 12 markets, nine of those I did on my own. Now, for those of you wondering, why can't you have help from Matt or from your spouse, Sean? For Matt... Like I mentioned before, he already is working next to me at the farmer's market for his brother's business. So he's busy there and he does have another job throughout the week for our other Thursday market that we do. And to be quite transparent, I try to be transparent, you know, as much as I possibly can on this podcast. This is a come with me, not a me telling you how to do things kind of podcast. But we really can't afford him past Monday. Uh, Even that's even a stretch at this time. We're growing and we understand that if we need to grow, I need to hand off some of these tasks to someone else. And so having him 
him has been tremendous, but we aren't able to afford him on other days, although that is the plan <laughs> over time. Um, that would be great and maybe even brewing, but that's a whole nother ball game. But my spouse, Sean, usually comes with me to all of the markets, but he is a tech ed teacher and August is back to school time. So he went back to his position. He teaches woodshop, power mechanics. He loves it. But we knew that if we were going to go to all of these events, it would have to be me rocking it. And I did it. But <laughs> at the expense of not putting out podcasts and having a really, really messy house right now. <laughs> That's, again, being transparent. Uh, but I thought this may be interesting to you if I just kind of chatted about, and again, I'm just audibly processing. This is like kind of like my release for the week of just being able to talk about some of my thoughts and my feelings, just kind of detailing how these markets and especially the amount of markets that we've done, what I've learned from those, and also some things that I'm just like super proud of and yeah, that, that kind of stuff because this has been the biggest month of markets we've ever done. For frame of reference, I am in the Midwest, and so outdoor season is really a big deal because that's when we get the most customers, but we do do markets year round. But if we're strictly speaking about outdoor markets, that usually runs for us from May through the end of October. And so up until this point, beginning in May and up until, you know, well, not really August, because I'm about to tell you all the things that we did in August and a little in July, but we have mainly been doing two markets a week. One of those is Thursday evenings, and that's been really nice. It's a little city just north of us in Burlington, Wisconsin, and it's it's really nice. We really enjoy it. So Thursday nights and then Saturday mornings, and we did this market last year solely as we were just beginning our business, and we signed up for the full season for both of those markets. So every single week, no matter what, May through October, is Thursday evenings and Saturday mornings. And since then, so for strictly talking about the last couple of weeks in August, we have picked up some Friday markets, some Sunday markets, and even Sean and I have decided to double up and split up and go to different markets on the same day, which I'm about to talk about. Don't worry. But before I jump into all of that, I kind of wanted to explain like why the heck were we even taking on so many markets? Like it is a lot. And the whole point of that isn't to be like, look at me go. I'm so money hungry that I'm just going to do all of this and work my body to the bone. <laughs> That's absolutely not the point. If anything, we're trying to be pretty strategic with where we're at in our business. We're trying to lay our foundation and cast a net so people understand our mission and what we're doing, especially being out here in the Midwest, a lot of people don't know about kombucha yet. And so going to all these events, one, just shows people who we are, but also exposes them to kombucha and to shrubs. But also, this is the best time of the year to do that. I've already mentioned several times, being out here is is weird in the wintertime. You know, sales drop tremendously. And so bulking more of our events during this time of the year where the weather is great and people are more eager to get out and maybe try something new this is the best time for it. And we kind of look at this June, July, August, and some of September to kind of be that time where we go like super big on extra markets so it can carry us through some of more of those drier, slower sales seasons in January, February time. 
And that's just the reality of where we're at. And we're just trying to learn because again, we're still really baby business. We're just trying to do as best as we can. And because people don't know about us and because we are so small, we aren't able to really diversify in the way that we sell. Like we're not to the point where we can ship. We're not to the point where we're large enough to give a lot to wholesalers. And so farmers markets are really our best shot that we can make the most return on our product, but also get to meet as many people as we possibly can. So I'm not just saying this to me look at me go like I know I'm not a robot I'm freaking tired (laughs) like I'm so tired but I'm really happy and I'm really full you know I say I'm living full that's kind of like our our motto I know I'm doing what I was called to do and so with all of that being said I wanted to detail a little bit more into what I've learned doing so many markets because like I mentioned this is brand new to me too And the reason I thought this would be interesting, well, maybe interesting, is, you know, I'm really new at this, like I've said, and I have a lot of listeners that are considering going into this business or have just started as well, like I'm right there with you. And I just wanted to give you an idea as to how I view markets through my lens and where I live, but I know it's so different for every single brewer and where you're entering into the business. So let's keep going. Let's kind of chat about how Sean and I double up. And when I say double up, that means that Sean is going to one location or market and I'm going to another market at the exact same time the same day. This requires both time and money, but let's break down the money component first. So with money, you have to buy double of everything. So double coolers, double POS system, double tents, double weights, double tables, all of that. And if you're going into another market, that's another entrance fee. And so looking at where we were at in our business, we thought that if we could double up, especially like I just mentioned in August and make a little bit more return during this time of the year, it could justify our costs for paying for all this upfront. And it's going to last us into next year. Like it's an investment into the business, especially for the future and thinking how we could hire other people to go to other markets at different times. Like this is just going to help us. So although it was a couple hundred dollars to get initially set up, if we had a really great market day that let's say Sean went to and he did really well, it could essentially pay for all those materials in one day and then we could go from there. However, something that I learned pivoting over to the amount of time it's going to take to double up that that was a learning curve for me. That was a little tricky, but very valuable. What I mean by that is making sure that all of the proper equipment is in the right car at the right time and place. And so it was hard for me to be like, okay, this person has this tent. Okay, the other person has a tent. Yeah, that's easy. Okay, two tables there, two tables there. Great. However, it's the nuancy things of does he have the bungee cords to put up the sign? Oh, crap. Did I buy another sign? Did I put a pen in there? Did I have enough cash for both of the drawers? So I have to go to the bank, make sure that I have enough ones and fives and all that stuff. Oh, okay, I have a POS system that's a contactless card, um, like the square reader, but he has the swiper. Do we both have square on our phones? Okay, cool. Like all of those little things took time to think through. Props, setting up the table. Does he have four pack holders? Do I have enough bags to put the shrubs into? Do I have the box of shrubs? How many of this flavor do I have? So you can kind of see my thought process as I was trying to make sure that we are both well equipped for either of our markets. And I am learning, you know, I have forgotten a couple of things, not something that's going to be absolutely terrible, but I have, I think the worst thing I forgot was enough four pack holders and it lasted us just enough. But if more people needed it, we'd be like out of holders, but it's all good. And really, I think also the time it takes to set up 
I need to just get better at because time is money essentially. And so all that time I'm spending putting together the cars is taking away my time from brewing or marketing or just spending time doing things that I need to do for myself to keep this business running. And that has been a very large learning curve because the last thing I wanted to do, for example, on a Friday night after having a really long week of brewing, Thursday was a farmer's market and we're setting up for a double on Saturday is when I come home, I'm tired. And the last thing I want to do is pack the car for two, but I am getting a lot better at it. And I know that I can just shorten my time with more practice. But anyway, outside of the typical markets, I wanted to share with you some of the really special events that we got to do because it was just really neat. And I'm just so excited that we got to do these things. I want to tell you about the biggest one because oh, this is just gives me all the feels, but we were able to be a vendor at the Wisconsin Women's Triathlon and it was here in Kenosha County. So this is extremely local to us, but to give a little backstory to this, my coworker back when I was a teacher had approached me and said, hey, would you like to participate in this triathlon with me? And I was like, <laughs> I am not a triathlete. I definitely will say that I am athletic. I played sports growing up in high school, volleyball and tennis. I even coached tennis for five years. And I really enjoyed that. So I, I consider myself athletic, but I'm definitely not a disciplined runner or biker or definitely swimmer. And I was like, no, nah, I'm definitely not into this. And she's like, it's a sprint triathlon. So it's not the traditional amount of a triathlon. It is a half mile swim, a 12 mile bike and a three mile run. And I think it'd be really fun if we did this together. And so she convinced me and we would bike around the lake that I live on and we practiced swimming and I went running from time to time. It wasn't like I was hardcore training, but we participated in this and I completed it. But really the best thing about this is that this event is absolutely amazing. It's an all women's event. And so women from all walks of life are coming and to just be alongside so many women cheering each other on, it is so empowering. It just, gosh, it just makes me emotional thinking about it. But I absolutely fell in love with this triathlon. And so for the next four years, I've been doing it. <laughs> and I absolutely have loved it. And so way back in February of this year, I called up just on a whim. I was like, you know what? This is just really neat that I've pivoted outside of teaching. And I think kombucha would be really neat to bring to this event. I wonder if they would mind having me. So I just went for it. I called him up, I left a message, and then I emailed them and I said a little snapshot about who I was and what our business was about and how local we were and how I was a participant in the event and could we be a part of it as a vendor. He called me back that day and was like, oh my goodness, we would love to have you. And I'm like trying not to scream over the phone. And he was like, let's, let's go over this together. And I've never done any type of event like this ever. I don't know what this would be like. And he just presented to me. He said, you could be a vendor or would you like to be a sponsor of the event? And the main difference was that is that a vendor would have a tent on the side and people could come up to me or whatever. And it was just kind of more on their, their end to come up to me. He goes, or if you're a sponsor, we could send out something in their goodie bag so like they get a sports bag at the event and we could talk about you over the intercom and to all of the participants and you would be featured on all of our email announcements that we'd be sent out but it would be a donation so you would have to donate all of your products and I just thought to myself okay thinking about where we're at in this business 
and what this stands for. And gosh, just my heart with this really told me that sponsoring was the way to go. And although it wasn't going to make me money, he told me that I couldn't sell at this event. Like sponsoring just meant full donation. And I was like, okay, I think this would be a really great opportunity. So we agreed upon me bringing six kegs and they would offer a complimentary glass of kombucha to all the participants afterwards. Additionally, the day before the event, all participants come, bring their bike, put it on the rack, make sure their number is all good and they, they are officially registered for the event. And they asked me to be part of this expo event where I would have a booth next to this registration table and I could give out samples to everybody and tell them all about us. And I was like, wow, that's be really great. So I would have some more interaction with all the participants the day before and the next day. To me, this is just the best opportunity to reach people because just going back to what our mission is right now, we're trying to spread who we are, this foundation we're laying. And so at the cost, I under obviously this is, this is a hard call in a sense because I'm not able to make sales per se. I am making a foundation of people that could make me sales in the future, but also just build our community. And that's really what it's all about. And so weighing out the pros and the cons sponsorship was the way to go for us. And so we heartily said yes. And I created a bomb flyer. Like I am so flipping proud of myself that I created a flyer. <laughs> I am not artistic in this sense whatsoever. And I was able to get professional flyers created that can go into each of the participants' goodie bag. And get this, you guys, this is just so cool. The week before the event, the race manager said, you know what, we talked and we say that you can sell at this event too. So not only was I able to bring all of my kegs, but he said, bring all of your product and you can sell as much as you can. And I'm like, what? <laughs> so as much as this was exciting news to me, this was a lot of planning that had to go into this event. The triathlon itself was scheduled on a Sunday morning. However, the expo event was a Saturday afternoon. But you have to also factor in two other things. One, our main market on Saturday is going on at the exact same time as this Saturday expo event before the race. So I got to figure out how I can get all of my supplies there and also have Sean set up at the other market. And let's not forget that I am participating in the event. So I had to bring my bike and have all my gear ready and just be ready to go for Sunday morning. Ah, needless to say, this is probably one of the biggest weekends of my life, but I am just so damn proud of how we did this. Saturday morning, we arrived really early. We usually show up to the brewery around that 6.30 to 7 o'clock time frame, and we packed up both cars. So that means we had three coolers full. I took one very full cooler because, again, I don't know what to expect with all of this. They told me about 500 women would be expected at this event, but not all of them are going to want to come up and get a six-pack. So I kind of had to, like, guesstimate how much kombucha should I bring, right? And I decided not to bring the shrubs because it was just a whole other ball game in itself. So I went ahead and got the one cooler of kombucha. We set up Sean at the farmer's market, made sure that he was ready to go. And then I took myself and my bike, because I'm participating, <laughs> to this event. I set myself up, got all my coolers ready, and I got to meet all the participants or whoever wanted to come up to my booth. And that was oh, so, so extraordinary. It was just really neat. 
to be able to meet these women and bond over the fact that we are participating in the same race, but also get to meet them face to face and share with them about living full kombucha and our mission. And it was just so encouraging because I did sell out of almost all of what I brought in my cooler. So that was really great. But that expo went until about 7 p.m. And the next morning they said for the taps, you know, that we had to bring all the kegs because we can't really set that up the night before. It has to be refrigerated. There wasn't a situation where we could bring them in advance. So they said, you have to be set up tomorrow by 5 a.m. That's usually not a big deal for me only because I'm a morning person. It's not a big deal. Like that's like my go time. But knowing that I was participating in a triathlon the next morning was a rally, especially going so hard all day and talking to people and just being extroverted and just like talking. I was adrenaline high like none other, but I was tired. And I will say my husband is a superstar. He took it upon himself to tear down the expo event. He said, go home, make yourself some really good dinner for tonight. Go to bed as soon as possible. I'm going to go pack up everything for tomorrow and we should be good. And then the next morning, we woke up at 3.45, and we went for it. We went to the brewery, packed up all the kegs. (laughs) Never, never did I imagine that before a triathlon, I would be downstairs in a cooler in a brewery carrying kegs (laughs) at 4 o'clock in the morning, (laughs) getting ready for an event. But I got to tell you, by the time I got to the event, I was feeling awesome. Now, I will say that we decided not to sell any products after this event. One, because I'm in it. Like, that's just so much for me to think about and more carrying and getting ready in the car that morning that was just a little bit too much. And we had to realize our limits. So we decided not to do that. But I really selfishly wanted Sean to see me cross the finish line. And I didn't want him to feel obligated that he had to be at our tent pouring for all the participants. And so we had two amazing customers, Debbie and David, if you ever listen to this podcast, wow, we cannot say thank you enough for what you've done for us. But they offered to come to the event in the morning and pour for all the participants while I was in the event and that Sean could see me and take pictures and just be in the moment with me. Also, a really cool aside that I have to include, Debbie is 70 years old. She does not look 70 whatsoever. Like if you saw her, she comes up to me every single Saturday at the market on her bike with with David. And she actually participated in this event herself back in the 90s, back when it was named something different, but it was the all women's event. And wow, like that was just so cool, like full circle. And so she was so excited to be there. And so her and David came and they poured and they were just so enthusiastic. And oh my gosh, just knowing that they were there and repping our product was so comforting to know and that I could be fully in the moment and participating in this triathlon, which at that point, (laughs) just keeping it real, I hadn't trained for it one bit. And, and okay, I'm not just saying that to be like, look at me. No, that is not it at all. I did not give enough time to myself to train properly for this event. But I would give the argument that I definitely felt strong going into this event. Because here I am lifting kegs. I'm going up and down the stairs. And I feel like I'm on my feet three times as much as I ever was being a teacher. Okay, I felt strong, but I didn't train properly. And so on my bike, I talked about in the last episode, I hadn't brought out and ridden my bike all summer long. And so that was ready to go swimming I haven't really been in the water much so I was a little little daunted by that is that a word daunted and then running I think I'm a pretty decent runner but (laughs) again I just don't want you to think that I have everything figured out you know when I feel like you, you see me on Instagram I'm excelling in the business 
y'all, I haven't trained for this event that has meant so much to me. You know, like I've already mentioned, my house is a total mess. I'm sitting here in my pajamas while I'm talking to you about this. <laughs> okay. I'm a real person too. And I don't want you to think that I'm just doing all this to be like showcasing this and like, you can do this too. I am learning and I am so proud of where I'm at. And I'm just sharing this story because this is just, this is just a really cool experience. And I know that I can learn from this even more. But the event went fantastic. I actually was really proud of my results. I didn't get any like PR or anything. Um, I fit right in the middle of my age range. I felt strong. I didn't stop the entire time. I usually take some breaks, but I just felt so energized. And as I would, if I passed anybody, not that I passed too many people, but whenever I would pass someone, I was like, hey, stop by for a glass of kombucha afterwards. And surprisingly, I even met some people out on the track. They're like, kombucha girl. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Like it was just that exciting, you know, to just be like, let's go, let's do this. And just Again, so empowered to be alongside so many strong women rocking it out there. But after the event, it went pretty well. Unfortunately, it did start to rain, which, you know, it is what it is. I can't control the weather. So we didn't have as many people coming up afterwards to get a free glass of kombucha because it was cold and it was in a cold rain. But overall, it was still a fantastic event and I consider it a huge, huge win and an experience that I will never forget. Ah, just even talking about it right now just brings me all the feels. It was a really surreal moment and something that I was proud that I even went for. And I know that if I have that type of energy and that type of drive for other things in this business, I'm just going to keep prospering and, and growing this in the right way. And so anyway, that was just a really long way to say that was one of our events of the 12. <laughs> Are you still with me? How we doing? Also, I totally forgot to share what I'm sipping on in this episode. But in case you are curious, I'm rocking a beet rosemary. I freaking love beets and that is absolutely in season. I actually went for a golden beet, which I didn't even know was a thing. But at the farmer's market, my neighbor has a farm and I saw golden beets and I was like, yes, I just went for it. And she said that they're slightly sweeter and it doesn't have that beautiful color like a beet has, but it almost looks like a beer when it's done. And it's got that earthiness. And one of my favorite herbs is rosemary. So beet rosemary was a huge hit. And I took beet ginger and beet rosemary to the farmer's market. And we had... <laughs> Uh, totally inappropriate because I want to every time I want to say this I want to say we're going to have a beat off but that's that's so no we can't say that out loud do I now have to put the explicit mark on this episode I don't know but I have to say who will beat who because I wanted to do a little spin on beats <laughs> so I'm so sorry if you have children that listen to this podcast but anyway it went great and this is tasting great but now I'm just trying to think of some more seasonal flavors I have a beet lemon that I use traditional red beets for that I'm bringing out this weekend but I haven't really gotten as much lemon as I want so I'm still trying to tweak that batch a little bit but I'm really really pleased with how the beet rosemary turned out have any of you tried working with beets? I would be curious to know what your combos were. Another drink that has really intrigued me over the years is kvass, which I don't know enough about it to really describe it here on the podcast, but if you are interested, look it up. But just because I freaking love beets so much, kvass has always been something that I thought I would maybe try and experiment with. But if you've worked with beets before, I would love to know kind of what you think about it or the golden beet too, because that was a very first time for me. So going back to this market discussion, I wanted to chat about one main thing that we learned through all of this busyness and uh, the amount of markets that we took on, and that is about a dud market. 
Now, my definition of a dud market. (laughs) When I say dud, I'm strictly talking sales because I got to tell you, if I meet at least one person that tries kombucha for the first time or is interested in fermented drinks and wanting to know how that will serve their bodies, I consider that a complete win. I really, really do. However, I have to look at markets through the lens of a business as well. And that's sometimes really hard because sales don't really compute in certain settings. And I wanted to kind of briefly talk about that. There was one particular market over this past weekend. I'm not going to bring up where it was or what it was about because, again, this is not to bash on this market or what it was trying to do. But we split up for this market. I went to one. He went to another. And we were told that this market would have two to 3,000 people. It was going to be huge. There's going to be different types of vendors. And we were going to be a really good fit. It was $30 to get in. And it would be for six hours long. Which, if you do markets on the regular, six hours is a pretty long time. Usually, most markets are between four to five hours max, but six hours is a lot, especially because you usually have to be there an hour before and an hour after putting up and tearing down. So this was a full day's worth of markets. So Sean went to that market, and I texted him about an hour in. I said, hey, how's it going? Uh, My market was a regular market, so I've had regulars. It's doing pretty well. He says, I've sold one product in one hour and he said it was a great conversation but it's one product and it's really slow not a lot of people around so I texted him in two and a half hours because my market was lit (laughs) I don't even know if lit's in anymore I asked the girl I used to nanny for who's like 15 she's like "Mm, that's really used word we don't use that word anymore anyway it was on fire (laughs) it was going great I was selling out of all of my product and again this is a market we participate in regularly people know us however I said hey how's it going really quick and he said it's picked up, but I've only sold two products. And I'm like, oh my goodness. And and he mentioned that there were very long lines for other beverages. And he listed off all the beverage companies that were there. Now, this is where I wanted to kind of focus on a little bit more. When looking at markets, we have learned that we need to look at the vendors in advance. Looking more into this particular event, I didn't realize that there was not only a lemonade place, a beer stand, and a wine bar Now there's kombucha. And as much as I love kombucha and I want everybody to love kombucha, it's just not as readily loved by others. It's not the first go-to drink. If you're looking at a Saturday market, most people are off. They want to cut loose and relax. And so more people are gravitating towards an alcoholic option. And if they're not looking for alcohol, lemonade is more readily understood. So they'll go for that before asking a rando guy, what is kombucha? (laughs) So right there was a red flag that I didn't think that we needed to look for. And unfortunately, that did not help our sales the rest of the day. And that kind of ties back into what I have learned while looking for different events is that our time has to match the amount of sales that we get out of that. You know, I'm not going to give you this magic number of what you need to hit. And obviously, we all have different yields of what we can produce and what we can bring. But for the amount of effort it took for Sean and I to, like I mentioned before, set up the cars, go to the bank, get different cash boxes, make sure that we had enough ice, go all the way out. That was an hour away of a drive. So gas money, him getting set up, him selling, him sitting there for six hours. He did not make enough per hour to make it worth it. 
And again, he said he had a couple of great conversations, but he's pouring samples. Samples aren't free either. Sample cups cost money. And so being there was not worth it at the end of the day. Even though we might have had a good discussion, again, this is strictly talking sales and really where we're at in this business and how we can make this grow is not choosing markets like this. So we learned the hard way, but that was what it was. And unfortunately, and fortunately at the same time, my market was so lit (laughs) or on fire, whatever, um, I could have used all of the product that he did not sell that day into mine because I had to turn people away because I sold out early. Like that's kind of day and we're like, darn it. And as mentioned, like August is that time we're bulking up on all these markets so that we can take that cash flow to help supplement some of those, you know, less sale months in in the winter time. So that was a really hard one for us to eat, but a really great learning moment. And I've been okay knowing when to say no, but the way in which they said, hey, this is going to be X amount of people and on the square and we are familiar with that area. It did sound like a good market, but hey. I I tried to do the best judgment call, but it is really, really good for me to learn now so that I don't have to do that again for later. So for you and your business, especially if you're a fellow kombucha brewer, just looking at what that market could bring you. Is it going to bring you the clientele that you want? Or, you know, even though there is X amount of people going, are they going to be the people that want your product? And are there other market vendors that are selling something similar to your product that could compete and drive sales down? And again, my verbal journal, and you understand why I consider a market a dud, and I still love to have those communications with people, but you have to just make the best decision for your business. And if you want to spend your time, and if you have the time, great. I hope you go to as many things as you can, but you also just have to weigh your time with the sales. Okay, anyway, that's enough on that, and hopefully I made sense. But I want to tell you about one such event that I said yes to that went really well. I was invited back in, I believe, February or March earlier in this year to an event called Brews and Botany. And it was at this nature center up north in the Milwaukee area. And it was featured on drinks and the plant knowledge behind the drink. And so they were asking us to come set up a tent and come talk on stage for a little bit because it was like an amphitheater outside and talk about the history behind your drink a little bit. And I looked at some other vendors and they were all hyper local. And so the people that were coming to this event were people who are interested in trying and sampling and buying different types of beverages. So I said yes to this event. It was on a Friday night and I went out there and wow, that was a blast. They had lots of people come and I got to give out samples and with people just being so curious, they had to buy tickets. And, and, and that was a good sign too because when I saw that people had to purchase tickets to come to this event, that meant that mostly, more, more than likely, these people are gonna come up to each tent being willing to ask questions and know more about the product. And that was absolutely the case. And then also I totally nerded out because it was so fun to meet other beverage producers. There was a meadery, two breweries and a tea company which i already know ariel from outwoken tea i've talked about her in previous podcast episodes before but we're all hyper local and we were all geeking out about each other's jockey boxes and talking about our brews and sampling each other and so it was a great networking event for me as well and i got to meet a lot of people and they got to try living full kombucha so that event was absolutely amazing and what i would consider worth it And I put that in quotations because we've already talked about what worth it means to me. But that week was easily one of the hardest and most rewarding weeks of my life. That was the first week. And when I say week, um, it was Thursday through Sunday that I had events 
every single day and I had to do them all solo because Sean was back in school and an aside life is still going on Um, my in-laws moved here and they found a house and so we were able to move them into a house but my husband with any free time that he had outside of school was helping my in-laws move so if I did want to say yes to all these events which I thought was going to be absolutely worth it I had to do all these solo so Friday night I got back from Bruise and Botany at 10 30 knowing that I had to wake up the next morning at five o'clock in the morning set up on my own and go by myself now that was really really hard for me mentally like okay like the last thing I want to do if I'm waking up extra early is lift really heavy things <laughs> and kombucha and shrubs and packing up the car and co2 tanks and all the fun things is a lot and so I looked at the radar and surprisingly Saturday was supposed to rain and I looked at that as like oh man this is gonna suck but I took it upon myself to pivot and make the decision to not bring the taps on that Saturday and since it is just me and I had such a long night the night before I took a pretty simplified version of my setup and I would encourage you to do the same you know don't go too hard on yourself I set up what I thought was going to be okay and it did I sold out of what I brought I was really proud of that but I just brought the the bare minimum honestly (laughs) and it ended up not raining and a lot of my regulars came up and it was just a still a really great day but then (laughs) you have to understand I've gone from Thursday at the market by myself Friday night Saturday kind of rainy ish solo day And then Sunday, I took on a brand new farmer's market event an hour away. And I was just like, Lydia, why the heck would you do this to yourself? Like, why why are we doing this? And yo, the next morning was probably the most mentally tough day that I've had in a long time. Going into the brewery solo, I had to be a little creative in how I got all the heavy kombucha into my car. Usually I have my husband helping me and even he can't lift those coolers into the car without a second person. Like, why did I ever do a beverage company? I ask myself that day in, day out sometimes where I'm just like, this liquid is not light. (laughs) But since I couldn't lift the coolers into my car and because it is so early in the morning, no one is at the brewery to help me. What I did was I carried up box by box of kombucha and I put them into the cooler in the car. So the the cooler was inside of my car already and I had to like crouch in there and like one by one put the bottles in there and then go down and get a bucket of ice and dump it in there. So it was, it was a lot, you know, I was definitely breathing really heavy at the end of loading up but I loaded up and I was like this market better be worth it like I really hope people enjoy what I'm bringing but I went to Crystal Lake and for those of you who are listening from Crystal Lake I used to live and work in that area and teach in that area and this just meant so much to me that I was able to go to this market teaching in that area really inspired me to even think about creating an inclusive taproom and so again this was just so exciting for me to be there and wow what a day I was on fumes and adrenaline all at the same time and I had old co-workers come up and say hello and I sold out it was insane I had one of the busiest day of my entire month people were very interested in the product and surprisingly a lot of people in Crystal Lake know what kombucha is so when they saw a local person there they were coming up and buying six packs of it and that was just so encouraging and I was just so happy at the end of that market I packed up and I just sat in my car I was like breathless and I just sat there and I just thought one I'm just so proud of myself like go you you were able to withstand those markets and we did it 
But two, I felt so affirmed in where I want to go. Yeah, should I have done four markets in four days by myself? No, I would not recommend that to anybody. I am not allowing myself to do that again, actually. Um, I just wanted to put that out there. I reached my limit and I know that I went past my limit and that was unhealthy and I recognize that as an individual. But I know that I am so affirmed in moving in this direction. We are spreading our mission of inclusivity. We are spreading the mission about fermented beverages and I couldn't be more on fire for what I am doing next. So although I won't be doing any mega weekends like that for a while, I have taken away many lessons to grow myself personally and also in this business that I just feel like we'll just recycle into the growth of where we're going and you'd think that I'd leave you there for today's episode but there was one more thing thrown into the mix this month our busiest month of the year that has really really challenged my mind and I wanted to share that with you before I conclude Um, unfortunately we were told that we will need to be leaving the brewery sooner than we had expected. Um, I'm going to spend next time's episode talking more about this because this is uh, developing as I speak right now. But very unexpectedly, we were told a week ago that we will need to find a different place to brew. And I have gone through every gamut of emotion you could possibly think of. I've gone from extreme anger to extreme sadness to confusion, anxiety. And today and in the recent past days and why I wanted to have this episode because this has helped me process my emotions is I am very determined, very determined into where we are going. Yeah, this is a lot sooner than I ever thought that we would need to leave the brewery. I had very big plans of how we were going to grow organically in the space that we were at. However, it's time to go and life ain't slowing down and our business is going to continue to grow no matter where we go. (laughs) That sounded like Dr. Seuss. I am so determined and I am so proud of where we're at. And just speaking about this episode, about all the work that we put in, I know that we can put in that same effort towards going somewhere different. Even if I have no idea how that's going to look right now, I have been led to this point for a reason. And I know that we are just moving towards that goal of an inclusive tap room each and every single day. So I am so proud of this month. I am not going to let that news get me down. And I know I'm totally leaving you on a cliffhanger at this point. I promise that I'm going to come back to you sooner and talk to you about all of this happening because this is happening in real time. But I appreciate all of your support. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen in to today's episode. If you want to reach out and say hello, I always welcome a hello from anyone and everyone. I've been hearing from many of you lately who are new brewers to the industry, to people who are just wanting to connect and our fellow entrepreneurs, teachers alike. I love it. So living full kombucha at gmail.com. Again, thanks for listening in and I will catch you back on next time's episode, maybe in a new location. Okay, I'm done teasing. Be well and cheers. Cheers.